Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's a little toughness to this league. Um, you know, I keep saying it. There's that fine line between a groove and a rut. You know, and you gotta um, you gotta bow up a little bit, and uh, and you gotta demand it of each other at practice during the week. You know, you win during the week, and and I felt like we've been practicing during the week better, a lot better. And uh, if you do that, you demand that of each other, then Sundays become a little bit. Um, less chaotic. This is a huge one. This is a good football team we just played, and uh, obviously the past couple weeks we've been playing some really good, good teams. Um, so to beat the Chiefs, to beat these guys, um, you know, sets a standard of who we should be and who we can be and who we're going to be. We practiced two or three times that this week, the substitution from, from dime to field goal block, uh, and at the end of the day uh, we didn't execute it, so it's inexcusable. Sucks. Shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Um, it's a lot of bad football. A lot of bad football. Yeah, I'm still confident, but it's no secret the clock's ticking. You know, gotta have some urgency now. What what leaves you still confident in the offense after it's been so many weeks of kind of the same story here? Because we've done it before. Wow, and one of the stranger Monday night games I've seen in a long time, Live Moods. The Denver Broncos beat the Buffalo Bills in Highmark Stadium. That's the ironically named Highmark Stadium because some of the lowest points uh, we've seen from the Buffalo Bills have happened in the last couple of years. And Live Moods, uh, this is a game, no matter how it's being played out and talked about in Buffalo, uh, you had yourself a time last night. You had oh, yourself yes, a time. Oh, yes, I did. I see oh, you yes, uh, I did. jumping around. This is oh, like, yeah. you ever go to those those kid parks where they're just jumping around on like, uh, it, with like the bouncy balls and the and the mats. And the, and yep. the parents just take them there. Oh, yeah. so they can just get all their energy out. Just exert all your energy. Yep. And then you get in the car and halfway home, the kids are tired. But you're not tired. Liv, you're oh, here. No. You're excited. No. I can tell, I can tell by the look in your face that you're here to talk some trash today. Well, uh, the, I mean, of Denver course. Broncos, look. Hey, and listen, give it to the Broncos because I had, uh, they were a sunk cost for me. I think I got in here, I had written mm-hmm. them off in my nice little uh, accounting book. Uh, the Denver Broncos <laughs> sunk cost. I, I moved on, moved on. Uh, okay, we'll never see that again. We'll never hear from uh, them again. Okay. 
and they are almost solvent. The Denver Broncos are one game away from being solvent, break even. They're four and five. They knocked off the Chiefs convincingly. Yep. They should have yep. won this game, Liv, convincingly. They forced four turnovers. I, I agree. And they, and it should have been a much get, different score. Yeah, right. Hey, 12, 12 men on the field saves them like Sean Payton, and I, I'll give it to you on this. Sean Payton talking all this, hey, you know, I've seen this practice better during the week and all these things. There's a fine line. Look, homie, if the Bills are not idiots at the end of the game with okay, 12 now. men on the field well, for this 41-yard field goal, you right. lose after forcing four turnovers and missed Correct. extra points and fumbles and, and, and capitalizing. Your four turnovers turning into six points. That's it, two field goals. So yeah, I mean, go ahead and talk your talk your ish, but yeah, a little a little shaky at times for the Broncos last night. No, absolutely. And honestly, besides the fact that I'm a little sore for my front flips, I can come back down to earth a little bit and realize that I don't want to call that a lucky win, but it absolutely was. And the only reason I don't want to call it a lucky win is I think that the Broncos really have, from where they started their season, they have really put their foot on the gas. We've seen a Vance Joseph defense look completely different than how he started the season. I mean, let's let's remember that that brutal game against the Dolphins where the defense was just playing at an elementary peewee level with all respect. I mean, it was just so embarrassing the way that this defense started, a defense that at one point last season and many seasons before that was a top 10 defense that was a force to be reckoned with. So I think what's more important as a Broncos fan and just a watcher of football is just to see the grit that this Broncos team has had to overcome such an embarrassing start to their season with a very high-paid coach, a winning head coach, and a very high-paid quarterback that is used to winning football games. Now, to your point, uh, 12 men on the field, but this goes back to what I was saying. And most of my celebration last night was not because the Broncos won, what, but it was because I've been right about the Bills all season long. And the Bills Mafia members did not want to believe it. They did not want to admit that the Bills were a fraudulent organization. They did not want to hear what I had to say. But at the end of the day, the self-inflicted wounds by the Bills last night confirms what I have been saying. This is not a team that I trust as a genuine Super Bowl contender because of things like what we saw. I mean, for God's sake, 12 men on the field, the the uh, the pass interference late in the game, the turnovers left and right. We've talked about Josh Allen's turnovers many times right here on this show between you and I. And at the end of the day, uh, I, this is it. They're not. They're not fluke games. They're not little mishaps. This is who this team is. This is their identity. They do not have a cohesive offense. I think Stefan Diggs is out the door uh, as soon as he possibly can be. Uh, Josh Allen doesn't have his swag and his confidence that we're used to seeing him play with. I mean, there's a lot of different things going on over there that that I just don't. They just don't make me believe in this Bills team. And again. 12 men on the field with what 15 seconds left to give our kicker who really right. did not have a great game another opportunity no, he to didn't. win it. It's just like I mean again that was to me that game was a bigger representation of a Bills loss rather than a Broncos win. And and I will say That's the Broncos had great moments. They had really great moments. I mean Sutton fumbling the ball that should have been a touchdown. Uh there were a lot of different moments that as a fan I was like, "Oh, come on you guys." But Russell Wilson, who you and I have gone back and forth about, to me, 
had a pretty had a pretty great game and he was playing like a leader of this offense. Now was he perfect? Good. No, not at all. He had a good game. But I think we're seeing game. him play a lot better. Um, and we're just seeing a lot more. I think ultimately the Broncos were a more cohesive team than the Bills were yesterday. I think the Bills are a hot mess and I do not foresee them fixing these issues overnight in enough time um, or throughout this season to be a contending team. I just don't see it. Yeah, really, you know, Liv, you bring up a great point about, you know, what is this? Is this about uh, the Broncos who, who improved to four and five and have won their third straight game as Russell Wilson there, uh, Russell Wilson said there, they've beaten some good teams. They played some good teams, and it's, and it's mm -hmm. a snapshot of what they could be. You beat Kansas City, you shut totally. them down convincingly, mm -hmm. finally snapped a 16-game losing streak to the Chiefs, and then you go uh, into Buffalo, despite what you may think about the Bills, that's a tough place to play, and, and they handled their business late in the game. Good. So is it about Denver turning around, or, or is it about Buffalo? And I would say... It is about Buffalo taking nothing away from Denver because of what we expected or what I expected Buffalo to be. I thought Buffalo would win the AFC East easily. They still could, but it doesn't look like they will. Uh, they still could, uh, but they've lost to the Jets. They lost to the Jets and they've lost to the Patriots. Are you kidding me? Now they've beaten the, the Dolphins. But they lost to the Jets and Patriots and you're five and five. That doesn't look so good. Um, but I thought they'd win the AFC East, no brainer. I thought they would be in the conversation for those three best teams uh, in the in the American Football Conference, in the whole conference. I think they're like a Super Bowl contender. I don't have them going to the Super Bowl, but I expected great things from the Bills, mostly because of that guy right there, Josh Allen. Uh, I know a, a producer in, in Boston, Rob Snyder. I gotta give him credit. He said uh, he called Josh Allen last night. He said. He's Mac Jones with tools. <laughs> with all the, with all the turnovers. Wow. He was like, he That's was like, a he's one. a five, he's a five tool Mac Jones. And he can run and, and he's got a strong arm, but he turns it over just like Mac Jones. He leads the yep. league in turnovers, 11 picks, two fumbles. I mean, come on. Uh, Josh Allen, what the hell happened to you, bruh? So, it's not just that they're five and five and not just that they're not leading the AFC East, but they seem to be disintegrating. They fired yeah. today. They fired Ken Dorsey, who took over for Brian Dayball, their offensive coordinator. So 10 games in the year two for Dorsey. He's out. They fired Ken Dorsey, promote Joe Brady, who was fired himself in year two in Carolina. All right, so Dayball, head coach, Dorsey promoted, Dorsey out, Brady, who was fired in Carolina, taking over for Dorsey. Okay, I, I want you all to play along. Keep up, keep up now, keep up now. This is, <laughs> we got some musical <laughs> chairs going on here. We do. And then, Liv, Liv, what do you think of this? Not only is Ken Dorsey fired, Trayvon Diggs, brother of Stephon Diggs, says, hey, 14. He tweeted out of there. 14. You got to get you, you got you got to get out of there. And so we know Savon Diggs has not been happy for a while. No, uh, yeah. last time we saw him acting up it was on the sideline uh, after they lost their playoff game at the crib to Cincinnati and his brother. I know your brother. I, I'm not my brother's keeper. I know I'm not my brother's keeper. But uh, if your but, brother says it live, I, yeah, I, if you say listen. brothers know best. 
How much weight there's do you want to give this? There's obviously some there's obviously some brotherly conversations that are going on here because I don't think we have had the full story on Stefan Diggs for quite some time. I mean, we started this season off with him not showing up to certain things and now everyone's reading into it a certain type of way and then he comes out and he's like, "Oh, everyone, you know, quit reading into it. I'm fine. I'm fine." The energy's not giving fine. The energy's not giving happy. The energy's not giving I want to be here. Um, and do I blame him? Not necessarily. But I think one of the bones that I have to pick with the Bills that I think is something that they need to address for guys like Stefan Diggs and whomever else is there is they don't really know who to blame at this point. And that's where my frustration Ooh. lies. I'll give you an example. Mm. I'll set the scene. Last night I took yep. James Cooks over, right? Fumbles the ball on the first play. Ouch. They put him in timeout. They put him in timeout for almost an entire quarter. And I'm sitting there going, wow, that's really interesting. One, how rude of you, because I have a bet that needs to hit. It did hit, by the way. But right. I'm sitting there right. going, you've got this grown man in timeout for making a mistake. If that's the case, Josh Allen should have hit the bench a long time ago. Gabe Davis got a ball to the forehead and couldn't catch it. Kincaid had a wide open pass that he completely dropped. So if we're going to punish James Cook for a mistake, I think we need to start reevaluating that entire offense. It goes back to Ken Dorsey. Like, yeah, you know, there probably needs to be some changes there in the offensive play calling and the coordinator and whatnot. But I don't think he is the only issue that is on this team. And so that's where I struggle going. I don't know if these Bills, this Bills team as a whole, this this franchise really knows where to point the finger. So let's just eliminate who seems to be the problem right now. But we're overlooking multiple games where things have gone bad where again th that was just one example for me where i'm like you've got this grown man basically in timeout in the corner for a mistake if that's the case i think your whole starting lineup has should have hit the bench um a long time ago maybe in the jets game maybe in the patriots game i mean so i, I just i think one of their biggest issues right now is they don't know where to even look to address the issue there's so many different little messes that they don't know where to start the cleanup process and that's the problem yeah you know it, it, uh, Liv, it's a great point look I, i've been uh, obviously uh you know wh where i live I, I watch the bills very closely and i've watched their ascent to championship contention mm -hmm. so for for many years i mean like no it's amazing now i i gotta give sean mcdermott credit for getting them to this point where they can even disappoint you because I've seen right. so many, I've seen so many Buffalo coaches who have just not gotten the job done over the years. I mean, you know, whether it's Mike Malarkey, uh, uh, whether it, I mean, like there's so, there's so many guys I've seen come in and out of Buffalo. Guys you've forgotten about. Guys who were coaching in Buffalo for a little bit and then just went, went by the wayside because the Patriots in their dynastic years just owned the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it was just like uh, it, there was like a 25 game stretch where they won like 22 of them or 23. It was crazy. So I've seen Buffalo go through uh, the here's a, here's the next franchise quarterback. Here's the next franchise quarterback. Oh, he didn't he didn't work out. He didn't work out. Next coach, next general manager, next regime always. And so Sean McDermott uh, has done a really good job along with Brandon Bean. They've done a good job of drafting well of developing. Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniels, they brought in Brian Dayball. Dayball was a coordinator for uh, Josh Allen for four years, got him to an MVP level. Uh, they've won the AFC East three straight years. Good team, I mean, really good contending team. But now 
This is where I start to say, I start to look at them. A little give them the side eye a little bit. You know what I start giving them the side eye? I already mentioned it. That playoff loss lived to Cincinnati. Yeah. The game, I just want to set the scene for you. You want to talk about scene setting? Okay, let's get the scene setting. <laughs> yeah, set it. Here we go. Have you, Liv, have you ever been to Orchard Park? You ever been to Buffalo? You ever been to Buffalo? No, never. Okay. I don't think I should go over there anytime soon because they absolutely hate me. I'll be in trouble. All right. So I'll swing stay by and head. Swing by, <laughs> go to Niagara Falls. Swing by, okay. just, just head to Niagara Falls. Not on the state side, on the Canadian side. Go, go to friendly territory. Go to Canada. Okay? okay, good. I can do that. But let me tell you, and I, and I say this with love. It's a miserable place. Buffalo's miserable. It's miserable. I once heard Bill Belichick and one of his best friends having a, a serious conversation. They weren't laughing. I was like, this is the craziest conversation I've ever heard. They were having a conversation about how many times they've seen the sun in Buffalo. They, like, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I think I saw the sun like two years ago there. I mean, it's miserable. It is miserable in Buffalo. And so when you are, when you're in Buffalo and that's mm-hmm. your home, that's your home, you should embrace the misery. Your team should be built for the outdoors. Yeah, you're going to pass the ball, whatever. But if it gets ugly, because it usually does in Buffalo, and it starts to snow and it's windy, you should have the advantage over your opponent. So I say all that to say the Cincinnati Bengals went to Buffalo, home game for the Buffalo Bills, playoff game. It's snowing, it's nasty. And guess who got pushed around in the snow? Buffalo. They act like they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't. Cincinnati went in there and was like, oh, this is good. We're good in Buffalo. This is like, oh, we like the elements. And Buffalo looked overwhelmed and totally confounded by the elements. So they're not built. You're right. They're not built for who they are and where they are. Mm -mm. And they have no idea what they're doing. They have a defensive coach in Sean McDermott. Defense didn't look all that impressive to me. They fired Leslie uh, Frazier, soft firing. He retired, but he said he's not done coaching, but he retired. Okay, so he got fired. He got fired by McDermott. McDermott's calling the plays on defense. Defense doesn't look that great. You know, offensively, you got Josh, uh, you got Josh Allen. He's supposed to be an MVP candidate, but he keeps turning the ball over. You don't really I mean, have anybody. Your, your running game, and nobody's afraid of your running game. Like, what the hell are you? What, what are you? Well, you got Stephon it, Diggs. You got a number one receiver. You don't throw him the ball. Yeah. What are you? Is it fair to Buffalo? say, because this was kind of my main point when I called them fraudulent. Now, I think Bill's Mafia just needs to go look this word up. Fraudulent just means fake. And what I mean by that is you see this Bills team have great moments, and then you, you get you get kind of sucked in by their charm. You're like, wow, on paper, they started the season with one of the best looking rosters on paper. They've got Josh Allen, MVP candidate. They've got, you know, what a lot of people consider a good head coach. They've got all the pieces, yet it's just not working. So to me, what I look at from a, from a you know, outside perspective is you've got all the pieces and it's not working. Is this a culture issue? What is going mm. on with this environment where you can't take all these really positive pieces and put them together and get something positive out of it. It just feels like there is something missing. And you mentioned the road to the constant rotation of coordinators and coaches and, and franchise quarterbacks. It's never going to work if you don't address the culture problem. 
To me, if that is what we've seen from the Bills for years and years and years, is just a steady rotation of new people, an updated roster, a new receiver. Uh, like, if it's never working, if it's not and, – and by working, I mean this. Yes, you made the playoffs. Yes, you won the AFC East. But isn't the end goal to win a Super Bowl? Isn't that what they it all is. want to do? That's and so it's if, it's, if you're not getting to that point, something's got to give. Something's got to give. I mean, great things don't happen overnight, but – this is now an issue we're looking at with this Bills team years and years and years. So this is not an isolated season. This is not an isolated game or bad loss against the Broncos. It's their identity. And that's exactly what I said in my video clip that had Bills Mafia just up in arms. I said, what is the identity of this team? Because you look at them on paper and you go, oh, that's a contender for sure. They've got Allen. They've got Diggs. They've got a, a solid defense. They're well coached. Yet we're still in the same position season after season where it's just yeah. not clicking. To me, that seems like a culture problem. Yeah, I like that. I like that chart there. But you know what I like better, y'all? I, I hate to put you on the spot. Can we bring up uh, Live Moods popping bottles again? That that, that image <laughs> of Live. Just like I mean, the, the celebration. This is actually a really funny story because I'm sitting there and I'm running my mouth and my mom and my brother and everyone is like, do that over the sink. <laughs> Open that bottle over the sink. And I and in the beginning of the video, I cut this part out, but I said, you know, you guys are giving me a lot of requests right now and I'm not really going to listen to any of them. Sure enough, two seconds later, I very carefully opened this thing up and it is just <laughs> everywhere but it was the most accurate representation of that game a mess that game was a mess the win for the broncos was a mess the loss for the bills was a mess and here i go running my mouth popping a bottle and it goes everywhere and i was like the prosecco understood the assignment because there was not a better way to display how i felt about that game <laughs> that was the right, sudden so touchdown just, uh, by the way that was drunk? the toe drag i know you guys know what drunk? it is no, okay. you know what All the right. worst part is? Everyone kept tweeting me. They're like, live off that Henny tonight. I'm like, little do these people know I am so sober. I'm just like amped up with this sports fandom that's deep inside of me that like, yeah, I just act like a total nut. I mean, and again, a perfect situation because <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> yep. There it goes. There it is. Yep. The look though. There it is. The eyes. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, the, I was the just... Eyes. I. Believe it or not, every video you have seen so far is 100% sober live. So when people ask me, okay. live, why aren't you outside? Why don't we see you downtown? This is why. Because I'm I'm good enough. Look at me. I'm having the time of my life. I mean, I don't need I don't need alcohol yeah. to have fun. Clearly. I, clearly. Uh, clearly. Clearly you don't. And you know what? <laughs> you were popping uh and I'll say this uh, as we get ready to talk to Ashley Nicole Moss in a little bit. Hey, I was popping that bottle pop was for me too because our Denver Broncos I took the Broncos oh, getting seven and a half okay. Broncos getting seven and a half I there took that which made for it I'll talk about it later in more detail later in the week which made it a perfect week for my bets your money there I make the go. best you there make the money I put so a little that mean paper, you're a Wilson little believer? paper in your pocket are you a Wilson a believer? believer? Oh, well, here I we go. It was just good for the moment. I thought it was a good bet. It was a good bet. I don't know if I bet on him next week, but it was a good bet for me. My bet. <laughs> Your money. We got Here's to the paper pushers. 
the Rush Hour Warriors, and the Gotta Get Awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Ashley Nicole Moss coming up next. What do you say right here? What do you say right here, fellas? I think he knows just about every one of your names by now. Yeah. All right? But I can get used to giving this guy game balls each and every Sunday. Proud of him. Josh Dobbs. Right Stepping on the field and having the reps where you're not the first time throwing to the receivers and working with the O-line mid-game allowed it to be a lot more comfortable out there on the field. And so just to have that, the week of preparation to be able to get the offense under my belt, get the game plan under my belt was awesome. So we'll continue growing and improving. I'll continue to find ways to continue to grow in my role and be better, man, because, you know, with the playmakers we have, with the mindset that we have, with the guys stepping up, making plays, um, you know, I think we, we definitely have a lot of potential moving forward. I'll tell you, uh, Liv and Ashley Nicole Moss, I never thought I would say this about the Minnesota Vikings, but they are in this. They are in the race. And even though the Detroit Lions lead them by a couple of games in the NFC North, I'm not ready to concede the NFC North to the official team, a brother from another, the Detroit Lions, because uh, Josh Dobbs have get, has given the Vikings uh, a chance. He has given them life. Life. And I they know that. And, and, and Ashley, I know they didn't expect it. They didn't expect it. You know, trade deadline. Yeah. We're talking about other moves. We're talking about Chase Young uh, to the 49ers. We're talking about uh, Montez Sweat to the Bears and all these other moves. And it's just like a footnote. Oh, yeah, the Cardinals traded Josh Dobbs. Uh, sixth round pick, seventh round pick, whatever it is. And they're starting some dude named Toon. He lost his job to a dude named Toon uh, in, in, in the desert. Lost his job on the one-win Cardinals. And now the Vikings are actually in contention. I, I just I don't know what you make of the Josh Dobbs story, Ashley. I love it. What, what say you? I mean, first of all, Josh, I'm president of the Josh Dobbs fan club. I'm one of the founding members. Um, I actually met Josh Dobbs when he was coming out of Tennessee and 
he's just like, it's so easy to root for him. He's such a nice guy. He's such a personable, humble guy. And I know that people may overlook things like that and they only care about wins and losses, but I think it makes it easier to root for somebody. And I feel like he's moved around so much in the NFL and to have just such a grace about you and such an enthusiasm each time you go to a new team. And it's been a lot for him. Um, it, it's just something to respect and to almost, you know, make you want to root for him. I think the talent is there. He's extremely intelligent. You know, he'll have a career that's far more lucrative waiting for him when football is over, whenever that may be. I mean, this guy is like, you know, aerodynamic smart, like it's insane. But I just think that he brings a charisma and, and an optimism and a lightness to a locker room that makes him an asset in any way, shape or form. But I think that if we're talking about the ability to lead a football team, is he a franchise quarterback? Maybe not, but he's what I like to call a in-betweener. It's when you're closing one chapter and you're looking for that next tenure guy. Josh Dobbs is a quarterback that you can win with. You may not win a Super Bowl with him, but you can win regular season games and you may even be able to win a playoff game or two with him. So if we're talking about an in-betweener, I put him in the category of like a Geno Smith. Is Geno your guy for the Seahawks forever? No, but he's a guy that you can win with right now and he's a guy the locker room responds to. And I put Josh Dobbs in that conversation. I would not be surprised going with everything going on with Kirk Cousins and all the question marks about you know him and the yeah. Minnesota Vikings moving forward I would not be surprised to see this guy the leader of this team next season he's great I love Josh Dobbs honestly you brought up the fact that you know him per- like you've met him I haven't yeah. even met this guy and from what I see from him he seems exceptional and you also mentioned not not everybody cares about that part. They just care about wins and losses, but they should care because to go mid-season right. to another team and to gain respect like this from your teammates, I think speaks a lot about the caliber of who you are as not just a quarterback, but as a leader. To be able to walk into something very new and fresh, I mean, you wouldn't be able to do that with just any quarterback right. and get instant results like this. So I think that speaks volumes of who he can be for this Vikings team. I think we're only just seeing the very surface level of what he's capable of because, again, you throw him in midseason. It was a very quick change. Uh, the Vikings were kind of in this rut of everyone had given up. It's over. No one really had faith in them, and he is really – kind of resurrected this Vikings team, which is an insane thing to be able to do mid-season with a team that you are just now finding your rhythm with. So I think it does speak volumes of who he is. And he's so likable. Like, I remember the first time after, you know, he didn't know any of those guys, the first time they won with him, and he's on the sidelines going through his cadence, you know, with some of the offense, some of the offense, and he didn't even know these guys' name. And then the next week, you see him being directed to the Vikings locker room, didn't even know where he was going. That's how new he is in the situation. And then after the game, the, the video of him walking into that locker room and the whole locker room cheering him on, and, you know, you have head coach Kevin in there, you know also just like uplifting him he just seems so happy and ecstatic to be there and to produce a win for this team and given the opportunity once again to show that he can do it it's so hard to root against someone who comes across just so pure and just so happy to be in this position no matter how many times he's been in it he goes in into each situation just as optimistic just as almost naive in a sense of just like whatever happened before I'm just happy to be here and it, it, I don't know sometimes you know the NFL and sports in general can be so like cynical and rigid it's just it makes you yeah. happy to see a guy like that I, I root for him yeah, absolutely 
And it's, it's a great point, Ashley, about the, the cynicism in the league, the rigidness the, uh, that, that sometimes happens, uh, especially in the front office, with the front office and coaching staffs. Because, yeah. I, and I'm not sure Josh Dobbs is going to be, it's going to fit into this category, but, but work with me on this one. Sometimes when you get a, a job as a general manager or a head coach, you have your vision of what's supposed to happen. You go into a team and you say, hey, they don't have what I want to execute my vision. So even if something yeah. is working, I didn't, I didn't envision that it would work, work like this, so I'm going to move on. So I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. I already mentioned the Detroit Lions. Uh, they're 7-2. and two. Who's their quarterback? Jared Goff. Jared Goff was supposed to be, uh, he was just supposed to be a placeholder. In no way yeah. they thought when they started winning games that Jared Goff would be the quarterback. He was just a throw in. He was a throw in. Hey, the Rams won Matthew Stafford. They want to get rid of Jared Goff. You're the Lions. You can handle it. Take this guy. You're going to lose a bunch of games anyway. And when you get your real quarterback, you'll be happy. And then they went, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We can roll with Jared Goff a little bit. I mean, like, wait a minute. Why, why are we looking elsewhere? The, the Vikings used to have a situation like this. You talk about Kirk Cousins. Who was the predecessor to Kirk Cousins? It was Case Keenum. Minnesota Miracle. Case Keenum was the quarterback throwing to Stephon Diggs, but they thought they could do better than Case Keenum. Oh, we got yeah. you. The, we, we won a playoff game, but Kirk Cousins going to give us an upgrade and that upgrade. He's been fine. But he hasn't really been a noticeable upgrade over Case Keenum. Geno Smith, you already mentioned him. And maybe Josh, I don't know. I don't know if Josh Dobbs can fulfill, uh, if he can follow those footsteps and be a guy who can win 10 games as your everyday starter. Or is he somebody who comes in, he's good for the bit, he's good for the culture, he's good to have on board. Maybe he's like a career backup. Or no, who I mean knows? I, I really, hey. tr I really truly believe that he is a in-between quarterback. I think that you could win with Josh Jobs. Now, if you're talking Super Bowl, do I think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, right now in this moment in time? No, but I think that if you look at what he's been able to do, I mean, this is a guy who got he got to this Vikings team less than two and a half weeks ago, and he already has two wins under his belt. There's a natural ability there. There's a quick understanding of the game there. Yeah, he's not perfect. There are things he could do better, but I'm also we're also talking about someone who is joining a team week 10, week 11 of the season. Just envision him with a full season of training camp, off-season, OTAs. I mean, I think, I truly believe the potential is there for him to lead this Vikings team even after this season to a level of success. You get Justin Jefferson back at some point. He's been able to win in mm -hmm. spite of Justin Jefferson not being there. He's been able to win yeah. in spite of offense mistakes. And again, we're only talking about two wins, but just think about the bigger picture. If he gets a full training camp OTA experience, and again, the Vikings have a lot of good pieces. You just need a quarterback who can go ahead and utilize them. He's more athletic than Kirk Cousins. You know, you'll see him run. You'll see him do a lot of the things that Kirk Cousins won't do at this stage in the game. And also, you got to remember, Kirk Cousins is going to be coming off of a Achilles injury and not everybody's Aaron Rodgers. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins is not a spring chicken. So Achilles injuries can change and will probably change how he plays the game. We've seen quarterbacks do it all the time. Look at Dak. Like, love Dak Prescott, my QB. But yeah, after Dak fractured his ankle... 
You saw his game change. He wasn't it's as different. willing to run. His mind goes, right. when I ran last time, right. this is what happened. Let me try not to do That's that. True. And it's almost yep. frustrating because you know we can, but injuries change how you play the game. So Josh Dobbs, I feel like, would be a great fit for this team. I, I, I'm i here Ashley. for it. It feels Ashley. like a rebrand. Uh, like, I love yeah. right. A lot. I really do. I love Kirk. I think that he's an exceptional quarterback and I think he's got really great moments and he proved to be one of the clutchest quarterbacks. If you look at statistics in the final few minutes or second half of games, he was, he was him and I love Kirk, but this just feels like a little bit of a, a refresh. Like it's like a rebrand for this Vikings team because I felt like they had the pieces, they were still winning games, but they were kind of hitting a plateau and it feels like yeah, Vikings football is exciting again. And I feel like it has everything to do with Josh Dobbs, which is awesome. Well, speaking of refresh and, and uh, a refresh and a rebrand, when you have oh, a rebrand, you tell a different story. You tell a different story. You tell a different story. So, you know, a narrative may be going in one direction, but you do something on the field that forces people to change the narrative. And maybe your quarterback, Ashley, Dak Prescott, has done that the past couple of weeks. I'm starting to hear people give them some flowers, give them some love. Uh, I know it's against the works, Giants. Huh? I, I, uh-huh. I know it's against the Giants, but uh, <laughs> look, Dak Prescott has looked really good uh, these yes. last few weeks. And Ashley, I'll ask you: Do you think he has unlocked something, or do you think the opponent is propping him up? To make him look better than he actually is. What your thoughts? I'm just gonna throw it out there. No, I don't think I don't think the opponent's making him look better than he actually is. But obviously, you know, when you have easy games, it makes you have a little bit more pep in your step, right? It makes you a little bit more of a believer of what your own capabilities are. So I don't think that the I think Dak is a, a great quarterback. So it's not like the competition or lack thereof is making him great. better. I just great. think that. He's a great quarterback. He's he's a top 10 quarterback. That would make you a great quarterback. Right now in no, the no. NFL, top 10, no, no, no. Dak Prescott, no, absolutely. No, no, top, top 10 doesn't make you great. Top 10 doesn't make you great. You saw the glasses come on. Out of 30, if Whoa. we're talking 32 NFL teams, 30 NFL teams, it's if you're top 10, you're great. Does it not? No. No. Oh, what no, does it no, make not, you? No. no, it makes you very good. He's very good. He's very good. He's very good. He's not great. Okay, we can play semantics, I guess. Holly, Holly, who who would you consider? (laughs) Name the great quarterbacks in the league right now. Go ahead. Not many of them. Not many of them. And I got okay. Give me a list. I got to push. One guy has moved out. Has been pushed down out of the category. Josh Allen. I can't call. He used to be beginning of the season. I had Josh Allen is great. Good. Very good. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. Okay. Joe, Bur- Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. Um, CJ Stroud <laughs> uh, is a great right. quarterback. I, I'm I, not doing Joe, this with you. Hey, I, I do love CJ Stroud. Hey. I do love CJ Stroud. Me too, but I'm not. Me, me too. Me too. And, but and J and Jalen Hurts is 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 right there. There's like a little passageway between very good and great, and he's like turned <laughs> sideways. He's trying to uh, he's trying to get in there. Okay, so okay, great, right. very so it's, it's good. Small. Whatever it's label small. you want to put on him, Holly, that's up okay. to you. 
All I'm saying is, is the competition hasn't made him a better quarterback. He's always been this quarterback. I just think that it enlightens and it heightens his already existing skill set. And it helps you get into a rhythm. It helps you get into a stride. It helps you get into a movement. You got a little bit more pep in your step when you you walk into the locker room. You got a little more pep in your step when you approach Sunday for game day. And I think that all it does is continue a trajectory that you want your quarterback and your offense and your team to be on week 10, week 11. This is this is what you want. This is when football really starts bridging the gap between teams that you're going to see in the playoffs, you're going to see make runs in the playoffs, and the teams that won't. So this is the Dak Prescott, this is the Dallas Cowboys that you wanted to see this time this year, especially when you're neck and neck going at it, trading week to week with the Philadelphia Eagles who have a really tough schedule ahead of him. This is what you want. So whatever people want to give credit or not give credit where credit's due, I personally don't care. Dak's winning, the Cowboys winning, he's happy, CD's happy. That means I'm happy. That's all I care here's, about. Right. Here's the only thing I'm going to play devil's advocate on because I do, I really do like Dak Prescott. And I have said right here on this show before that we need to keep the same tone of voice with guys like Josh Allen that we do for Dak Prescott when there's turnovers sure. happening, when the offense yes. isn't gelling. And so I have had Dak Prescott's back this year, despite what many people think about me being a Cowboys hater. Um, I do really like Dak Prescott as a quarterback, and I do think that he has entered great conversations in terms of being a great quarterback before. Here's the only place that I struggle as a non-Cowboys fan that I think a lot of people share this sentiment. We see him have great weeks against the Giants, against the Patriots, against teams that he should be great against because they're not great teams. Now, here's where I just tread lightly is, okay, as the schedule gets more difficult, as the pressure continues, as he faces better defenses, I want him to stay where he's at. I want them to keep winning. I want him. But when there's that back and forth, with which I think Ashley is not a naive Cowboys fan. She knows this to be true. There is some inconsistencies there that I think make it hard for people to go, all right, yep, he's him. You know, because we have really great moments with Dak. Now, a lot of his interceptions thrown and things are not his fault uh, a lot of the time if you really watch the games. However... You know, when the offense works, the the quarterback is the hero. When it fails, they're the villain. And so I think because of the inconsistencies that lie within the offense as a whole at times, that's where people struggle to fully push him into the great conversation. Now, it it is hard because he is great, I think, and he has a lot of really great moments, and he wins convincingly in the games that he should. Josh Allen can't say the same. The games that he should win convincingly, he's not. So I do put Dak Prescott higher than I think a lot of other people do, but I think it's yeah. the inconsistencies that I think at times make people go, I, dang it, I'm right there, but I'm I just not I agree completely. Yet. So I agree completely. But, Listen, yeah. you it's a, it's great. You're supposed to beat up on the Giants. They pulled their quarterback right. out of his parents' basement in New Jersey. Like you're supposed to you're <laughs> supposed to beat up on yeah. him. Right. That's what that's what right. you're supposed to do. So I'm not too high off a win like that. I will say, listen, Dak had a great game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, yes, there's no moral victories did. in football. The the Cowboys still lost that game. I think that when they reface the Eagles in in two and a half, three weeks, what the outcome of that is, you you have to go ahead and then gauge that if it's a success for the Dallas Cowboys on the back of Dak Prescott, then this team, he's the real deal. This team is the real deal and they're prime and ready to go. If it's another loss, especially being at home, especially them being in a close game the last time around, then, you know, the questions will arise once again. I agree. You don't get this exceptional amount of credit 
for beating the Giants. It, it's nice because we hate them, but like you of don't, course. it doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Tommy DeVito right. is yeah. his, their quarterback. Like, where did he come from? That it doesn't mean anything to me. It just, it's a win. A win is a win. And I need it, but I don't get too high on it. There's tears to real deal too. And I think that's where it gets right. really dicey when talking about quarterbacks in this league, because it's like regular season games, real deal. Playoff games, that's like a whole nother tier of real deal. And I think that is that right there is the missing piece for people to just be fully in on Dak Prescott is, listen, I think Cowboys fans know it better than anybody else. It's time to win a damn Super Bowl. Let's quit. Let's quit effing around. It's time to win a damn Super Bowl. So or again, it's there's right. There's like there's tears to the real deal stuff. There is watch no out, Michael. I don't Dak like the disrespect. Prescott. Okay, fix the tone in your voice. He tried to be sly with that. He tried to slide that in. Fix the tone in your voice, Michael. You agree with me on that, but you agree though. You agree with me. You agree with me. <laughs> Why are we talking about the tone? You agree with what take I the said. Ba- take the bass out of your voice when you say that. Okay. If, if, if I said, if I just wrote, if I just wrote on the screen, hey Ashley, it's time for the Cowboys to get to a Super Bowl. You would agree. You say yes. I agree. It if was I sent you a text your message, your delivery. If I said that the text, delivery, delivery, the tone, the bass in your voice. I don't, I don't appreciate it. I don't like okay, it. Okay, but you know. You know what I don't appreciate? I'll, I'll tell you what I don't appreciate about you, Ashley, that I had to Uh-oh. talk you into, I had to talk you into wearing a Dak Prescott jersey that you said you would wear. You said, I thought you were a woman of your word. You said, she, I, I had no, to talk you into hold on. She said it didn't go with her it. outfit. She said it didn't go right. with her outfit, which is why she didn't initially put we it on. We ain't worried about that. We ain't worried about that. Well, but we I put her on the show. I literally your word put her on, is greater on the than show. Your it didn't outfit. go on my fit, but I did it. Your word is greater. With, your word is greater than the fit. Well, what will hey, people remember Michael, more? Your question. word or you're your fit? About my, you're worried about my jersey. How how are your Patriots doing? How, you want to talk about that? Let's talk about that. I tell you, I tell you. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna give you. A, put the music on. Okay. Because Ashley, because Ashley's got the final word. Final word. They stink. Now, unfortunately for them. The last time they were in the Super Bowl was 2018. Oh, what were the Cowboys doing in 2000? There we go. There we go. What y'all doing? Hey, what the Cowboys doing? Probably getting screwed by the refs. Wasn't that the that was the death no catch catch year, wasn't it? How about 2008? How about 1990? Like it's been a long time. It's been a long. time. Hey, we ran the 90s. Don't come at me crazy. Uh, uh, okay. I, we ran the '90s. <laughs> okay, there it is. Let me break Cowboys. this up with a little Go Broncos. How about that? Let me let me yeah. let me break up Let's this ride. tension on either side of me. <laughs> Cowboys, America's team. Dot 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 of the 1990s. I got it. That's what you said. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got it. Okay. I got you. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, 
and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. I hear you. (laughs) This has been a crazy 24 hours for your guys to win on the road in this environment when there were doubts. Sherman, what does it mean to you? I want to thank the Lord. I want to thank Coach Harbaugh. Love you, man. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here, these guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. I look five inches from the TV. Um... To, to watch that. I mean, it was, it was beautiful, you know. Um, I'll remember that, too. I mean, and I said I'll remember Grace's letter until they throw dirt over top of me, but I'm going to remember what Sharon said, too, and, uh, and Blake and, and all the players. And I already know. I already know. It's like you already know. The perseverance, you know, and then the just the stalwartness of these guys. I mean, yeah, watching, I would have to say, I mean, everybody. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. America, America loves a team that that uh, you know beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes what the naysayers and you know critics, so-called experts think. Um, that's my favorite kind of team. So then he must love TCU then last season. Naysayers. Lou. Liv, what? What's this up? Dude, this Hit dude, this dude, this dude, this dude, Sharon Moore, the interim coach for Michigan, said, "I want to thank the Lord and Jim Harbaugh." <laughs> okay, first of all, I I want to thank the Lord. I want to thank the he Lord. May a, he may put them in the same level. I think they're at the same I, level. Honestly, I want to thank the Lord. I want to thank. I want to thank Jim Harbaugh and I love and F this and I love the bleep out and then this bleeping guy and this bleeping guy, the Lord bleeping Harbaugh. What's wrong with these people? What's wrong know. with these people? Like I don't know. I, I, I remember I remember one of my favorite pastors began a sermon like that. I want to thank the Lord and bleep it. I love this bleeping. Like I, I, what? What are you talking about? And you know, Michigan people. I just want to get this straight. Okay, so I, I want to just put all my cards on the table and I want to tell you that I know, I know that I know that I know, I know about cheating scandals more than anybody. I cover the Patriots. I cover the Patriots. I know about cheating scandals. Hey, they, we had Spygate here. We had Deflategate here. As a matter of yeah. fact, when Josh McDaniels went to your Broncos, he was trained so well that he tried to get a little spy gate thing with the Broncos. And they're like, nah, we don't do that here. We don't do that yeah, here. Nah, that's, that's some New England-ish. You know, take that back to New England. So I know 
I know about uh, stealing signals and I, I'll tell you, I'm consistent on this. I'm consistent on stealing signals. Now, I felt, I've always felt that it's really overstated. It's overstated. So I, I think sometimes you can know what's coming and it really is not going to help you all that much. If you know another team's plays, I agree with Deion Sanders, your, your football coach out of Colorado who said, hey, the team can email you his game plan and you still have to stop it. I believe that most of the time. I believe that in the case of Michigan. I don't think that that Michigan is winning games because it yeah. steals signals. I think it you beat give Purdue you a without stealing ticket to yeah. a win. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. No. So you, you beat you beat Purdue without it. You beat Illinois without you, you beat Penn State without stealing their signals. Sorry, you do. But my problem with Michigan and with the Patriots is just the hubris. And the condescension, like, how dare you question me? I'm going through adversity. No, bro, you cheated. You cheated. And I ain't saying it's the reason you're winning, but you did cheat. And people are just calling yeah. you out on it. Don't it act feels like, like there's we coming out of pocket. Of, it feels like there's a little bit of media manipulation here to try to make them the victim now and to make America be like, what a cool Cinderella story. It's like, hold on. First of all, America's team, that's a very loaded statement, number one. Number two, yeah. aren't we in this position because of something that you did? Why are you we now being put in the position to feel like, boo-hoo, so sad for Michigan that they're in this spot? To be honest with you, the only people I really feel sad for in this moment in time are the athletes that were blindly put in this situation to now have any type of negative light shed on their wins or any type of negative light shed on their performance for, for seasons and seasons and games and games. But at the end of the day, this was a mistake you made. And now it feels like we're being put in a position of we have to feel sorry for you. To be honest with you, I don't think many people, when they heard about this Michigan stuff, that was not their first feeling was I feel bad for them. Their first feeling yeah. was screw them. That wasn't my first feeling. My, my, that wasn't my first thought. My first thought was like, why the hell are you doing that? Why are you doing it? Why are you, why you are you to. allegedly, allegedly uh, a guy making 50 grand a year paying for all kinds of tickets going around the SEC and Big Ten, sometimes buying two tickets, one ticket, 10 tickets and holding up a, holding up an iPhone and just has it trained on the other team's sideline. But yeah, hey, hey, you didn't do anything wrong. He's a he's an operative who's gone rogue. We don't know anything about him. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> You're not a victim. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Jump into the world of Wild Kratts at Philadelphia's Please Touch Museum. Explore the world of this PBS Kids series in the Wild Kratts Creature Power Museum exhibit, opening May 31st. Discover animal habits from around the world as you swing through the trees like a spider monkey, sneak through the forest like a jaguar, hunt for lunch like a platypus, and much more in this adventurous new exhibit. Get tickets at pleasetouchmuseum.org. That's pleasetouchmuseum.org. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. 
That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. You're not a victim. Calm yourself. Listen, Liv, I am such a John Madden fan. He was a Hall of Fame coach, Hall of mm-hmm. Fame broadcaster. He's got a Hall of Fame video game, one of my favorite video games ever, Madden Football. And now he's got a patch. Every team's going to wear that patch on Thanksgiving. So, Liv, Woo-hoo. when you're watching, uh, enjoying Thanksgiving football, uh, you know, have a, have, a, have a drink. Have a nod to uh, John Madden. Of course. Raise a glass. Raise a glass. Nothing is – does anything really beat – this just makes it more special, but does anything really beat football and Thanksgiving? That day is just, it is, it's the best. It's the best. And now we get to honor, it, I'll drink a little extra champagne. It'll be great. I'll make sure I go. know how to pop it on Thanksgiving for his honor. Pop the, pop the Prosecco. Pop some Prosecco <laughs> for John Madden on Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Thank you, Liz. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at StearnsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.